Today on CityCast Philly, Philadelphia police shot and killed 27-year-old Eddie Irizarry in North Philly last week. While his family mourns, the police narrative keeps changing. Today, I'm talking with two reporters about what we know so far, how Eddie died, and how the community is reacting. It's Wednesday, August 23rd. I'm Trinae Nuri, and here's what Philly's talking about. Ellie Rushing and Rodrigo Torrejan, you both cover criminal justice and law enforcement for the Philadelphia Inquirer, and you've been following this case and writing about it. Thanks for being here on the show. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thanks so much, Trinae. Last Monday, Eddie Arizari was killed by police. Rodrigo, tell me a little bit about who Eddie was. Sure. So just in speaking with Eddie's family and his neighbors, He seemed uh, like he was this introverted, really helpful young man. His family said that he would walk miles to get them groceries, particularly when they first arrived. Um, Eddie followed his father, Eddie Irizarry, his namesake, from Puerto Rico about seven years ago. And, you know, when they moved here, he would go get them groceries no matter where he had to go. He had a love for fixing cars and dirt bikes. That was his passion. Uh, his father's also an auto mechanic, so he kind of followed in his footsteps. And, you know, whether it was this small or big issue with your car or with your bike, he would always kind of jump at the chance to help. And uh, his family said that he struggled with schizophrenia and bipolar disorder, and uh, he was a family man and a good friend. Okay, Ellie, what was the first story police told about why an officer had shot Eddie? So initially on Monday at the scene, police had said that two officers from the 24th Police District, which includes parts of North Philadelphia, Fairhill, and Kensington, uh, that these two officers noticed a a Toyota Corolla that was, quote, driving erratically uh, near B and Westmoreland streets. They said that the officers attempted to pull the car over for a traffic stop, but it fled. They chased it a few blocks um, until the car pulled onto the 100 block of East Willard Street. They said that the driver then got out of the car, armed with a knife, and that the officers told him multiple times to drop the knife. But then uh, they said that Irizarry lunged at them with the knife. uh, And so they shot him multiple times and he later died at the hospital. And all of this happened last Monday in the middle of the day. It was what, around 1230? Yeah, it was around 1230. Now, the official story changed. What happened? So almost immediately, there were things that didn't really make sense to both Rodrigo and I and also the family, uh, Irizarry's family and the people who lived on the block. You know, from my perspective at the scene, his car was not parked in the middle of the street as you'd expect, you know, a car chase to be. Uh, It was parallel parked in a parking spot. (laughs) Um, there was a bullet hole through the windshield. And then there was video that emerged from the immediate moments after the shooting that showed the officers pulling Irizarry from his car. Uh, So things were not really making sense. We sent a detailed list of questions to the police the next day, questioning that initial account and asking, what's up with these details? Can you explain what happened here? Um, Mm -hmm. That night around 8 
eight o'clock, uh, they shared a new story and one that is wholly different from their original account. Most notably, they now say that Irizarry never fled a traffic stop. He never lunged at officers with a knife. In fact, he never got out of his car. Um, he was shot while still seated in his Toyota Corolla. And so our understanding now is that the police saw him driving erratically. Um, he was weaving in and out of traffic and followed him to this block. They didn't know, you know, if he was fleeing something, they called it in saying, is there anyone who's chasing after this car? Or is there any incident nearby that this car may have been involved in? Um, they followed him to the block. Um, after he parked, they got out of their cars and approached his car, one going on either side. So on the driver's side and uh, the passenger side. The officer on the passenger side of the car then attempted to open the passenger door. Uh, it's unclear whether he actually did open the door, but at that point, he then alerted his partner um, that Irizarry, quote, had a weapon. And almost immediately, the other officer, who we now understand to be Officer Mark Dial, uh, opened fire multiple times. Um, he shot Irizarry at least six times, according to his family. And we also know that the windows to Eddie's car rolled up when he was shot. Um, he was shot at least once through the windshield and then multiple other times through the side driver's door window. Police have said that two knives were later observed in the car after. They specifically used the word observed. And the two knives included a kitchen-style knife and a folded serrated knife. Okay, so a few days after, Police Commissioner Daniel Outlaw acknowledged the concerns of Eddie's family and the community after the police narrative account changed so so much. What did Outlaw say? So my understanding is that when the police watched the body camera footage from the two officers, that's when they learned that the account that they had given was very wrong and that it had drastically changed. Uh, and so immediately, Police Commissioner Outlaw scheduled a press conference for the next morning. That was Wednesday morning. And she said from the beginning, right, that I understand that there are serious concerns here and that people might not even believe what she was going to then share that morning about what they now believe happened. Um, she talked about how, you know, as a department, sometimes it feels like they take 20 steps forward and then something like this happens and it brings them 50 steps backward. Uh, so she, yeah, she acknowledged all those concerns, but also said that there was a lot she still could not share because she, uh, they had to make sure that the integrity of the investigation was maintained. Um, and so there, but there are still key questions that she declined to answer that morning, including whether Irizarry was holding the knife when he was shot, whether the officers ever ordered him to drop this supposed weapon and they've declined to detail the length of the interrogation or the interaction before any shots were fired. Have you heard a comment from the officers involved, from their lawyers? Um, what's been the police department's response? The police department and the district attorney's office have uh, declined to talk about the investigation uh, pending the open inquiry. We've reached out to the Fraternal Order of Police, which is the police union, um, and they've declined to comment and referred their questions to their lawyers, who we have not been able to, to reach to answer questions. Rodrigo, 
Do Eddie's family and neighbors believe what police say has happened? Eddie's family, since the get-go, since uh, he was fatally shot, have questioned, if not outright, called what police have said about the death of Eddie a lie, and they continue to be extremely skeptical. They've just told me, you know, we need answers. They have repeatedly said that the police department has made little to no contact with them, including after the Wednesday press conference, uh, the deputy commissioner that was at that press conference told those in attendance, the department has contacted the family. And I spoke to the family uh, that day in an interview, and they said, that's that's not true. No one has contacted us. Uh, so, you know, that may have changed since, but as of Thursday, which is uh, the last time that I spoke to them at length, they had not been contacted by the Philadelphia Police Department, according to them. And they had also not seen Eddie's body um, in any capacity. They actually said that the first time that they went to the hospital, which would be Monday, you know, shortly after Eddie was shot and killed, they went to Temple University Hospital because that's where Eddie was taken. And they said that they were rudely turned away by a police officer at the hospital. They said something to the effect of, we don't need family here. Uh, they weren't given any answers, any sort of um, alternate contact to go to. And additionally, the family said that the knives that the uh, police account um, mentioned, I spoke to Eddie's grandfather as well as his father about that uh, just in passing. And they said he uses those as tools. He's an auto mechanic. So a lot of times he needs uh, something to strip wires uh, when he's fixing things and that he uses those knives to strip wires as part of his job. So again, it's just been lies to them. What does Eddie's family want to happen next? So at a, uh, I believe it was a Wednesday night balloon release that they did for Eddie. His aunt, Zoraida Garcia, was pretty, pretty vocal about wanting the officer that shot her nephew to face criminal charges and to get prison time for killing Eddie. In her mind and in the minds of his family, this was a murder. There was no reason to shoot him. And his family also mentioned uh, that they were told he was shot six times. They still don't understand why, what would necessitate that use of force, that level of force being used on their, on their relative on Eddie. I want to talk about, you know, other cases that have happened where it's a police-involved shooting recently. And according to Philadelphia Police Department data, officers have shot and killed more than a dozen people in the last three years. What usually happens in these types of cases? So the the police department launches its own internal investigation uh, within the Internal Affairs Bureau, and then there's an officer-involved shooting unit that conducts an investigation. But the district attorney's office also conducts its own separate investigation. And historically, it's been extremely rare to see police officers face charges uh, for for shooting people. Uh, But in the last five, eight years since District Attorney Larry Krasner came into office in 2017, we have seen more officers face charges. So last year, when 12-year-old TJ Sidario was fatally shot by a Philadelphia police officer, that officer did end up uh, facing murder charges. So uh, the district attorney's 
investigation could take a few months. Um, we, we may not know for two or three months or longer whether they end up pressing charges, um, but it is possible. Now, back in 2020, we saw protests and rioting after police shot and killed Walter Wallace Jr. He was also 27 years old, just like Eddie. And the police account of what happened also changed in that case. But Wallace's death sparked, again, like I said, massive protests. Um, It feels like we're in a really different place, though, now. Has there been a major outcry about Eddie's death? It's It's been interesting. I thought that we might see protests over this, given the drastic changing narrative. Uh, but I think what you said about we're in a very different place as a city and as a country compared to where we were in 2020 is significant, right? In 2020, we were coming off the heels of George Floyd's murder after just a, a very a year full of disruptions and now three years later the city has has faced the worst gun violence epidemic stretch in its history and you see many many people saying they want a stronger police presence feeling a different attitude towards police um i i i wonder if that has played a role maybe and just hopefully maybe people are trusting that the justice may be served you know that, that they're hoping and they're putting trust in whatever investigation the, the police and the district attorney's office um, conducts. Rodrigo, I wonder, like, from the block and, like, from his community, if there was anything specific that they had said about protests or anything like that. There was actually a relative, I believe he said that Eddie was his nephew. I spoke to very briefly about that on the at the balloon release. And he said he didn't really give the reasons why, but he kind of intimated that they just wanted to keep it orderly. They wanted to, you know, kind of honor Eddie at this balloon release, and they didn't really have any plans to do any sort of protests or any sort of kind of uh, movements uh, for Eddie, at least not in the immediate future. They seemed um, very exhausted with how things played out. Um, his father actually said something to me about how, you know, he came to this country nine years ago, so around two years prior to Eddie coming to um, the country from Puerto Rico, and he said, you know, I. I always thought something like this could happen to me. Uh, and he mentioned the seeing stuff like this, you know, shootings in the streets happening on TV, you know, watching it on TV. Mm-hmm. He said, but I never thought it would happen to one of my children and much less that the shooter would be a police officer. So I think part of it might just be that kind of um, exhaustion from this being a thing that happens so frequently. I don't know that it even enter their minds, the family's minds, to do any sort of protest. I also wonder if the police initial narrative has like played to their advantage um, in that way. We don't have video of the shooting itself, whereas with Walter Wallace Jr.'s killing, there was a very clear video of police shooting him in front of his mother. It was a, a, an awful and dramatic video. And yeah, I remember. with this, we only have the in- initial moments after I also think that when people hear, when people heard that he had a knife and lunged at police, I don't know if if everyone is in tune with the media and with the story to know that the story has drastically changed. And when there is no video that totally proves that wrong, that they can watch on Instagram on their phones, they just might not feel as, as invested in this case. 
All right, that was Ellie Rushing and Rodrigo Terrihan, who both cover criminal justice and law enforcement for the Philadelphia Inquirer. Thank you both so much for breaking this down on CityCast Philly. Thank you, always. It's always great to be here. Thanks, Renee. We'll have a link to Ellie and Rodrigo's reporting in our show notes. After we taped this interview, lawyers for Irizarry's family held a press conference. They shared surveillance video from a home near the shooting, which showed officers opening fire on Irizarry's car. And according to the Philadelphia Inquirer, that was all less than five seconds after the officers left their patrol car. Attorney Shaka Johnson said he plans to file a wrongful death lawsuit against Officer Mark Dial and the city of Philadelphia on behalf of Irizarry's family. That's all for today here on CityCast Philly. Rate the show, leave us a review, and hit that subscribe button. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye.